Welcome to this ICMA podcast recorded in Stockholm, Sweden, where we are joined by two prominent leaders who have promised to share their honest thoughts on how to think about decisions for your career, um, both sort of in the here and now and in the longer term. My name is Anna Rutteskjöld and I will moderate today's discussion. And besides being on the ICMA's Future Leader Steering Committee, I work for DNB. But uh, more importantly, I am joined by... Elisabeth Besko, head of DNB Sweden branch. And... Eric Winter, uh, CEO of BNP Paribas Nordic Region. Perfect. So, Elisabeth and Eric... What areas of banking do you think will increase in relevance the most over the coming sort of five to ten years and as such hold the best promise for career progression? Um, Elizabeth, would you like to start? Yes, uh, thank you. I, I think still corporate investment banking will continue to be extremely relevant. It will be an area which is is hard to digitalize, even though we can use a lot of the new technique to actually to be more efficient. But it will still be a people's business. Uh, so I think a lot around that. And of course, that also includes, um, um, of course, everything around sustainability, uh, which I think will be extremely important as well. I'm not sure what you would like to add, I, 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 I fully agree with you, Elizabeth. And I, I would say that, I mean, from where we stand, there are probably four areas uh, which we are focusing on uh, when it comes to now, but also in the future, and I think we'll be sort of winning tracks. Uh, one is to do with what you touched on, on sustainability. So low carbon transition. Uh, we need to do something to make the, the world livable. Uh, two, anything that has to, has to do with health, uh, and then tech and, and also mobility. So I think those are the the four areas that will be very important. Uh, and then I think areas that will be de-emphasized goes without saying uh, anything in the fossil fuel, uh, the oil industry, etc. And we've been quite sort of in the forefront of leaving businesses such as tobacco, shale, oil, etc. And I think that's, uh, uh, I know DMB is a forefront runner on that area also. To, to lead with the sustainability. And I think that's other banks will follow both of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I still think the, the transformation a lot of our clients needs to do, and, and that is so into everything really within corporate investment banking because it's both advisory, how to structure the balance sheet, what to do with the assets, uh, but also how to... I mean, how to think for the future to find new business models. And I think that as a bank, um, we can really contribute with the you know, vast experience we have from so many more sectors than a single sector that we have. For for example, within some of the fossil fuel industries uh, that we still have as clients. Yeah. And that is super interesting. And also yet another topic that's been very much on, on people's minds and, and a discussion topic as such is AI and machine learning and is already offering vast opportunity in terms of how we work and what we do. But do you think that there are any skill sets in particular that we humans can develop to complement AI? Listen, I think, first of all, I'm, I'm a, an optimist when it comes to technique. And, and I think most of the stuff that comes with uh, artificial intelligence is positive. It will help us to industrialize processes, to, to get rid of boring jobs. I, I saw one report saying that 
we will lose 75 million jobs because of AI over the next few years, but we are going to create 95 million new ones and they are probably going to be more interesting. So I think there are a lot of positives. I think on to what Elizabeth touched on initially, I think the human touch will be even more important. So uh, personality to, to get to know people, to see other dimensions uh, and, and, and the relationships will be more prominently important when AI can take care of um, some of the boring stuff. Yeah, and, and, and I was just listening to, I think, all the uh, you know, events that you've been invited to this spring has been around AI. And, and, and I think that what it is really today It's not artificial intelligence, it's machine learning. And we have come very, very far. If we look into ChatGTP um, and the way they have this language model that we are so, you know, it, it's, a, it's amazing. So, uh, so I do hope that we can, you know, use our analysts not sitting uh, during the nights and, and, and writing package of uh, PowerPoint presentation instead of, you know, being really analysts and, and see what can this company do and come up with, you know, interesting suggestion and, and, and new strategies. So this boring job, I hope, I do really hope that we can do something about it. And and I think as, as still, I mean, you, you can ask yourself what AI is really, but it's, it's, it's not, I think, today something that we should be afraid of. I mean, uh, the uh, the technique is is uh, agnostic. It's not bad. Uh, it's not good. It's what we do we do with it that really, you know, will will make it, you know, the proof uh, what 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 will happen in the future. So, um, and I think the banks, the, the the traditional banks, are a bit slow, but we are trying to. Uh, so, so let's see. Um, and and I'm kind of looking forward to, to the future. And and the most worrious thing is that if we don't understand it, and we start to regulate it in a way that you know make it ho- absolutely hopeless to use. So, mm-hmm. I, it's so many questions. You know, I'm I'm just starting to digest this big topic, but it's it's amazing what we can do with it. Yeah. yeah. And I think most of us are trying to digest still what this can mean to us but you touched on something that's very topical for many of us working in this industry and that's the hours that we do put into this Mm. to this job and we do want to to do a good job and uh, obviously that goes without saying but I just want to know what you both think about how the balance is struck between sort of being that ambitious forward leading forward leading forward leaning employee that we all strive to be and being sort of too available, unable to set boundaries. And I mean, that can also have implications in terms of mental health if we if we really take it a couple of steps further. Um, maybe Eric first this time, yeah. what do you think about that? Listen, I think it's um, it's a good and a, and a big question because we are so connected and, and you know, what is push notices or, or emails or, or anything else. Uh, I, I think the answer is quite individual um, I, I would think but then you don't know sort of long-term effects that that you know you have two type of people the ones who feel that if they don't know what's going on all the time they get stressed and then the ones who happily uh, sort of connect off or or go offline um, I would say personally I've been most of my career more relaxed by having contact all the time because I sort of know what I what's going on and, and you can make decisions and, and directions and also stay in, co- in contact with people outside of office hours. Um, 
I would say, however, the longer uh, the career has been going um, and um, you have you know, a bigger diversity of people working and, and a broader, broader set of specialties, that I'm leaning more towards that you have to have the breaks sometimes and do something else. And you can't uh, just allow yourself to be connected all the time. You need to do more manual things and you need to be uh, living more in the moment uh, without always being connected. But, but I think it's a little bit individual and, and, and there might be also different phases in the life where you might uh, think differently. Yeah, and, and, and I think the big word here is uh, flexibility, um, which I think that we still need to work on. Um, and it's, I have an extremely interesting example um, from a, a CEO of a large asset manager here in, in, in Sweden who, um, you know, has small kids who, uh, you know, said, you know, I, I really would like the meetings to start at the earliest nine o'clock because, then, you know, I would like to have breakfast with my kids and take them to school and everything. And and that was kind of not possible. And I think um, oh my, we are living in in a, this year of technique and digitalization and, and availability. So uh, we, we must be able to prioritize uh, things like family. And especially if we, if we want to have a diverse workforce, we have also seen some requests on, on uh, closing uh, the stock market in Sweden here an earlier hour earlier. Um, and I think that is also something that, that we could push because someone said to me you know it's not possible to have small kids when you work as a equity sales person because you need to be there early in the morning and and you know you are not ready until six o'clock so it's it's also a way that we have always structured the market um, and it's 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 going to be open 24 hours you know Every, some, some, somewhere in the world the market is open so we can't be there all the time and I think this is also a way to make it possible for you know people and families that want small kids to be able to actually have this kind of interesting job because it's, it's, it's the best part of the business that you can be within um, and I think that is something that we need to to make sure that we as a leader trying to push for mm-hmm. um, some some also interesting CEOs said to me you know but you know Elizabeth the, the most of the the uh, trades takes place the last hour I, I say yes but if we close it an hour you know, earlier it could be another hour <laughs> so it's it's also some you know you know I think everyone has some kind of expectation of how it should be. And it's always been that. And, and you and I have been working extremely many hours. So it's like if you want to do investment banking, you need to work you know, extremely much in order to be successful. But I think that with the new techniques and everything that we see, we can, we can be so much smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but of course, as someone said, if you want to be number one uh, in, in ski in, you know on skis you need to train and 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 that will not come with you know sitting on a chair mm-hmm. you need to practice and you need to put in the hours to be a very successful investment banker and I think that is important but you know we need to be much more flexible than we have been in the past and that's also an important point when it comes to diversity because many organizations really are trying to push for that kind of diversity change mm. um, but I just keep wondering: uh, Are we? Is it? Is it important enough? Diversity? Why aren't we seeing more change? If if we all agree it's very important, why why hasn't the agenda been pushed faster and further already? Eric, would you like to start? Um, yeah, I mean, listen. I, I think I'm a little bit privileged in the sense that uh, 
worked uh, 22 years in London, and I think at one point I had 56 nationalities uh, reporting to me. Today in the Nordics, we have 47 nationalities. We have 1,000 people in in total. Uh, and then we also, we, we uh, partly by design and, and partly by by luck and, and, and history, but we have 50% of our country CEOs are women, so Finland and Norway, uh, and, and a lot of the uh, quite sort of, not the classical female positions, compliance, legal, HR and communication, but also, which are extremely important, and they're part of the, the leadership group, but also head of risk, uh, head of uh, IT, ITO, etc., head of capital markets, uh, happens to be a woman. So. From that point of view, we've been extremely lucky, but and, and we are maybe punching a little bit above our weight if you compare with you know uh, some some even some of the the, the, the Nordic banks. Uh, the uh, I think one one of the and and it's extremely important because I think banks uh, need to look like the society, and and to, today increasingly the the clients are much more diverse than the banks have traditionally been, so we need to look like them. Um, I think I'm very optimistic on the medium and long term because you see, see, although I think it's going too slow, uh, that uh, particularly if you look at the men-women ratio, that today more or less 50-50 of the people who are studying at good business schools are women. Uh, we're having increasingly more engineers uh, who are also with uh, uh, women, etc. So I think the we have a huge uh, talent pool that is motivated to also come into the financial industry and that will help it. I think then when it comes to diversity on on other aspects, and, and that, that comes in several shapes and forms, whether it's uh, religion, uh, region, um, sexual orientation, etc., um, the, the pool is smaller in, in, in a small part of the world. Uh, we are a global bank, so we can attract more. Uh, but I, I think it's extremely important, and, and it's uh, high, high on, on I know both Elizabeth's and my my uh, lists. Hmm. Okay, that's very interesting to hear, Elizabeth. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's so amazing to have Eric because we we need to have forward leading men in this uh, in this topic um, because sometimes you, as a as a woman you you kind of speak for yourself, but I, but it's, it's so important, and I think also. Um, it, it's it's. I think it's it's a. We I have a responsibility also to try to sell the banking industry to the women um, that I meet because I think it's it's a it's a way of living and working, and and you really need to like have a super interest in in your work in order to put in these hours but you also need to have the, the possibility to rest and also feel that you can disconnect and and really take time off uh to to you know recharge your battery and and everything but 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 still today what we what we are really trying to do um at, at INBI as a as an example is that if we look into the application we get every year for the intern position we have about 70% men and 30% women what we try to do everyone is qualified so everyone is is good at the first application that comes in then we just try to say okay we want 50-50 because then we so so sorry, men out there. We, but we choose to have fifty-fifty with the with the one that we actually continue to to interview and test. And I think that is is a way to do it. To always try to think equal when when we do um, 
recruitments. Um, when we when we do, I, mean, I was at, at Dagens Industri, uh, the bank, and, and, and I think I, I, I gave them a bit foot because they were actually, you know, looked at the panelists. It was most men. So how they structure it. So it's, it's about, and if you look at the audience, it was just women, mostly women. So it's 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 about thinking about this with everything that you're doing. Um, and I think that is that is important and it's, it's easy to forget. And especially if you're so into business and you want to, to do what you're doing, it's, for me, it's easy sometimes also to forget, but trying to keep that in mind. I've been out um, um, a bit you know, provoking and said that I think that Sweden need to um, have some kind of uh, quota when it comes to women on, on boards for, for companies. Uh, we, we have seen that in Norway. We have seen that DNB has implemented um, a requirement 60-40 on level one to four. And we see that that actually has you know, good effect. Um, I know that the EU has come with this, um, you know, push with, with having more equal boards for for uh, public companies. I think that Sweden will actually uh, ask for uh, not to having to implement it on the basis that we are so equal in this country. And I think that that is true on paper, but it's not true in all industries, and it's not true in in all part of a bank uh, because we see that in within investment banking we still have a challenge, mm. and I think that um, working hours and lack of flexibility is one of the things that we need to improve. Mm. Yeah, and I, I mean on on to your point. Uh, so, for instance, I would refuse to go on any panel if there are not at least one woman, <laughs> and and uh, and and if there's not, then I will. Send, you know, even say, oh, we want you, etc. Mm. No, then I'll send uh, one of my female colleagues. Uh, and uh, and to be honest, I, and, and I'm quite uh, surprised how uh, behind Sweden is on this. And you see sometimes some people proudly putting out uh, LinkedIn, you know, pictures or some panel and you have four middle-aged men sitting on them <laughs> and we would never and and i'm not saying we are we are far from perfect uh, also i would say well, we are not perfect in the nordics but we're a little bit advanced in in the nordics than, than other parts of the globe also in our bank and and i when i see one of these uh, we went to this and that cash management uh, you know um, event in in frankfurt and then you have Five guys, I send them, and then they take down the picture. Uh, so I, I think you need to do a, a, a little bit of that, and um, uh, you know, obviously, to have you, Elizabeth, and um, they are not. We can count people like you on 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 one hand in the Nordics to have female CEOs. I think to have the role models is probably the most important thing, and and I think that will, I'm sure, help you also to attract, and, and all the things you are saying about the flexibility, I think, is key, because you have, you know, even if, uh, you know, if you go into Division 1 mm. part of, of any mm. industry, you have you have to put the extra hours, uh, but there are different phases in your life, and, and then also, I think, with technology and flexibility, you can still preserve some of that edge. Yeah. Mm, definitely, and I, I can just attest to the fact that having female role models in other parts of the organization or people that you can relate to they can be male female anything yeah. uh, that's very important if you can see it you can be, be it basically exactly. right yeah, yeah. Um, walk the talk exactly mm. Mm. and also i think it's so important to to talk about the flexibility because uh for investment banking obviously and many parts of, from my point of view at least if it's like yes you do need to put in the hours you need to do what's best for the client 
But there might be certain aspects that we're doing because we've always done it that way or it's cultural. What is actually in the best interest of our clients and our people and what is something that we we just do it, best intentions, mm. but just because we've always done it. Mm. Um, but we still see in the market, I think it's, uh, it's, it's still coming in at this time of the year, some uh, mandates, especially in the corporate finance side, that uh, the client want to have everything ready in September, which means that are we going to deliver? We need to use the summer. And it, and, and 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 we had I had a discussion with our head of investment banking. He said, "I can't say no." And 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 um, no, I understand you can't say no, but you can say no. We will not be ready in September. We can go in October. Uh, so it's, we we need to have the the team off uh, in order to you know to still stay healthy. Mm. So so it's also about that we are so willing to sacrifice so much for that deal, for, for that transaction. Um, and we know how many times it hasn't really even materialized. So, but, but so still, I think that we need to, from our side, be much more you know, firm in uh, how we work also towards and what expectation the clients can have to us. I, I know this is easy to say, and I know it's super hard to do um, with, the, with the people that we have, especially even in this part of the banks. But, uh, but still, I think that we could do, we could do better. Uh, it's definitely an important aspect. And when it comes to corporate finance, M&A, that sort of uh, IB related, that, that's sort of a typical specialization, right? We talk about people broadening their skill sets and becoming broader in, in different ways and people choosing to become specialists they on the specialist track, as it's put. Um, do you have any reflections on what necessarily maybe not best to do but would you have any advice for someone who is thinking about these things maybe eric first um i i think it's i I don't think there's a perfect answer but i would say that uh, it's always good at some part during your career to become really good at something Uh, because if you are a specialist in something you can then broaden out and become a generalist and and but you still have the discipline or, or the way of, of getting um, top notch knowledge in a certain area, you can always bring that forward in the overall discussion. Uh, uh, I don't think there's a, I think it's, it can be harder if you are a generalist your entire career and then you decide when you are 45 that you want to be a specialist. It's harder to do it that, that, that way. Uh, but, but I think, um, so, so I mean, I would recommend a young person to maybe at some point. Uh, you know, whether it's transaction banking, investment banking, capital markets, or anything else, or or, or some kind of functional job, to, to become really good at that, do that a few years, and then then lift mm. uh, the horizon a bit and, and and broaden, because you will you will have a certain strength and self confidence if you're being really good at something. Yeah, I, I agree, one hundred percent. And and I choose when I, I work as a general manager within within the the client relationship side uh, for a couple of years, and then I decided that I needed to go specialist, and I started to do uh, structured tax leasing. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that is a thing that I've really been useful with no tax in Sweden and very low interest rates uh, right now, but. It, it's, it, it built my confidence in, in, uh, in structuring. It built my confidence in negotiating. It, it, it built my confidence that I could, I could really prove as a specialist, this is what I deliver. And I think I was 40 when I did that, uh, that you know, change, that I went from a general manager to, to be a specialist. And I think that is also that something that is, is important, that you can actually 
go in and out of management roles and specialist roles because uh, it's it's amazing to be a specialist because you can really be nerdy into you know details and be really good at it and i think also in the end of the day what we as manager would like to see and how we judge is, of course, on your, your performance and your deliveries. Uh, I mean, we, we measure things in, in, um, in money in, in a bank. So I think that is, you, you need to prove yourself. And I think that is, is much more easier to do as a specialist because uh, you actually deliver transactions, you, you have happy clients and you see the things, the things work. So, so it's important, that's important. And I think also as a woman, it's, it's important to be, you know, clear of what you are delivering towards your boss. I've been doing this, and then you can list. Uh, and I've been helping this team, and I've been doing that. So I think it's also that we sometimes think that my boss sees me. No, <laughs> he's busy. So you need to, with with the you know, weekly, monthly, you know, talk. Hopefully, weekly or how you have been being following up. It's extremely important to document what you are doing, uh, to fo- be forward lean and also ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is that. So, so you you can improve in in what you're doing uh, as well. Mm. Yeah, and I, and to to your Elizabeth's point, so also I think the. The generalist is delivering the firm, uh, and uh, the specialist is, you know, delivering the solution or the product. Uh, and I think, but but you know, you, you said it well. I think if if you get the um, self confidence in some area, then you can sort of keep that in your back head. Exactly. Even if you are a little bit, you know, if you then broaden out or try to do other stuff, you are always a bit doubting on yourself. But you can go back to your. Your certain discipline you learn in a, in another field. Mm. Uh, I think it's it's uh, th- there's not a perfect way of doing it. But what I, what I would say is that uh, it's easier to when when I think when we st- well maybe not when when our kids kind of started uh, then you know they knew exactly I, I want to do investment I want to be a consultant I want to do this and that and and then you got the stamp in your forehead and you had to do that the rest of your life. Yeah. Today it's it's more. Uh, natural to actually move mm. from one area to another, mm. and I think we need to do more of that. Uh, and, and and that that will require it requires a lot of hard work and and also um, a willingness and interest from the person. It's very rarely someone taps on your shoulder and says, "Why don't you do that?" Mm. It's it's very few people who get that. You, you have to sort of take the initiative yourself. Mm. Uh, quite often as a rule. So. Yeah. Mm. And, and speaking of which, is there any particular aspect of what you've done previously that you think has really contributed to getting you where you are now? Anything that you can in retrospect say, this thing? Yeah, I, I think to, to make a decision to move abroad mm. very quickly. When mm. when uh, I actually had looked like I would have had a very comfortable life here uh, with, a, with a nice little apartment, a new car and, and, and this and that and could walk to the office and then to take the decision to go to London. Mm. Uh, I think that was a defining moment. And and uh, and again, you don't always need to be the the best looking or the smartest person in the room. But if, if you've done different things and, and leave your comfort zone and you sort of survive that and come back, then I think that and that's what I'm looking quite often. Also, I would recommend young people that uh, don't always stay close to mommy and daddy. Be be prepared to to <laughs> sort of even if you have a good doggies or a, a nice gym next to you. I mean, you will find that in Tokyo, Singapore, and London too. Mm. Uh, I think that that's more important than having the absolutely perfect CV. 
No, I, I agree. And I think that um, I was totally taken out of my context, been working for another bank for, for, for 24 years. And I was recruited in as head of debt capital market uh, at another Swedish bank, which I had never, you know, I, I, of course, I know what bonds are and what we do, but I've never led that, that kind of a department. And, and when I came into that and, and, and the, the, the first eight months was hell. Uh, that was really because I, 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 you know, I think it was absolutely frustrating then that you couldn't really set an interest rate. You we you know, to be indicative, and and then all of a sudden, when you got the mandate from the client, you had sales that you should manage as well. That you know, no, 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 this we will not take this out to our customers. But but honestly, it's it was it was absolutely you know so challenging. I feel. You know, a bit of my credit competence, a bit about my management competence and everything. I was trying to pull that together. But that was extremely challenging. I think that was something, as you said, out of the context where you are, your home turf, do something totally new. Um, and I, I got the challenge and, and the possibility uh, from from um, this person who was heading, heading up this market uh, part of the bank. And, and I think that, that I learned so much and I wouldn't be where I am today uh, if I hadn't done that. So it's, it was definitely super challenging, but hard work. Uh, it's like when you enter the, the home at three o'clock in the morning and, and, you know, the family say, what are you doing at the bank? It's like, hmm, working. <laughs> but it, it was a it was, it's tough, tough, tough part, but uh, I, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't be here today if I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Okay, great advice, yeah. both of you. Thank mm-hmm. you for for being so honest about what it actually takes, but also the fun that one can have in this industry and and what rewards to reap. So, really appreciate that, and I am sure that everyone who's listened has had the same reflections. Thank you so very much for this.